is the Flex Network. <laughs> Flex on everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Flex Network. I am Flex Mike at Flex Mike 11 on Twitter. The man to my side is Flex Shane. You can find him at the Flex Network one on Twitter. Coming live from Canada. What's up, Shane? Michael, it has been a minute since you and I have done a podcast together. How are you doing? That is very true. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm I'm excited. It is we are in the heat of rookie season. For anybody who's been following along on our Twitter, um, I was graciously invited by Rosterwatch to represent Rosterwatch in a Roto World versus Rosterwatch rookie mock draft. Um, it's one of a few different mock drafts we're going to be doing over the next couple of months. So be sure to follow myself, of course, the Rosterwatch people, and obviously anybody who listens to this show knows who Rosterwatch is. And then, of course, the Roto Underworld people, uh, Matt Kelly the pod father himself. So it's been a lot of fun um, for anybody who's interested in dynasty drafts at all. Go check out the timeline. It's, it's been a lot of fun and uh, see where we like some of these incoming rookie classes. It's, it, it's this is the best time of year. Mike, I'm going to be honest with you. This is my favorite time of fantasy football season. Yeah, this is where I, you know, you're a little more in depth than me when it comes to fantasy football, but I, I feel like this is the time of year that you really kind of like separate yourself from, you know, whether you're in a 10, 12, 14 team league, you know, this is where you can, you have the opportunity to separate yourself from the other people that you're in a league with, because like, this is kind of like the grind season, right? You're, you're oh, doing yeah. your homework on some of these rookies. You're trying to figure it out. And as we approach the, uh, the NFL combine and, and the NFL draft and all that stuff. We get closer to that day. We get to see, you know, like a last year we were talking a lot about running backs because we're, you know, who would have thought that week Man. one rolls around and Kansas City's playing in the first game and Clyde Edwards Hilaire comes out there and just it just comes out and looks like an all pro week one. Yeah. 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 Who- I mean, shit. Like, so I was, I was firmly on the Jonathan Taylor bandwagon even after the draft. And I was like, I'm going to die on this hill. And, uh, I'll be honest with you for, for a little while, it was, like, I was feeling the heat a little bit. Um, JT though. I mean, in the end of the season, I would say he's probably what a top three, uh, dynasty running back at this point in the league. And he's, he's going firmly as a top five or six pick in redraft leagues as well. So, uh, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, James Robinson, Antonio Gibson. Uh, like, who, who am I forgetting? Did I say Cam Akers? Like, there's, there were so many talented running backs. Some of them we expected. Other ones we didn't. And uh, I can say this year, though, Mike, I don't think – well, I mean, I cannot, with, with a lot of confidence, I'm going to say it is not as strong a class as there was last year. But last year was a special class, for the really for the running back and the wide receivers. Right. I mean, shit, it was it was a special rookie class. What what's crazy to me is how not on my radar a guy like Justin Jefferson was. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I should have known coming out of LSU, right? Like they've over the years they've produced some pretty nice oh, yeah. receivers. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry were obviously teammates at LSU. They've produced some nice some pretty nice, you know, guys. And so Justin Jefferson for me, I watched him in the national championship, just or not just even the national championship, the college football playoffs as a whole. I watched mm-hmm. 
you know, kind of assert himself as this monster that he really kind of translated to the NFL and was able to assert himself as a monster in the NFL as well. I would mm-hmm. say in, in, in the world of fantasy football, I picked him up, was really unsure of him, was didn't know what to do. And then it, I did one of those kind of like what the unsure fantasy football fan does, which is where, you, you know, you, you pick that guy up off of waivers and you put him on your bench and you, you tell yourself, you hope you're like, I'm just going to watch this guy this week and see what he does. Yeah. And if he performs, I'll put him in next week. You know, like, I feel like anyone who's played fantasy football has had that exact moment. And so for me, Justin Jefferson, th- and this is wild because I get him, I put him on my bench, I tell myself, okay, I'm going to watch this guy and just see what he does, and on my bench, he goes off for like 38 points, and I'm like, what in the world, like, why didn't I start this guy, you know, I'm freaking out, I'm like, I'm I'm texting, I'm texting uh, our boy Flex Matt, and I'm like, dude, Matt, why, what in the world, why didn't you tell me to put this guy on my starting roster, he's got 38 points right now, He and he's texting me back saying, dude, like, no one saw 38 coming. Nobody saw this. No. They, they might have saw like 15 or something like that, but not 38. So the next week, what do I do? Of course, I put him in my starting in my starting lineup, and then he gets like eight points. And I'm like, man, what in the world is happening? And so I tell myself, let me wait another week. I'm going to keep him in there. Well, next week he comes back, he gets like 26, 28, something like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm sold. You know what's and funny about, about that whole situation? Bit, you know? We get so worried about landing spot, but then if you really looked at it, I mean, Minnesota was actually a really good spot because love or hate Kirk Cousins, he is he's an, a better than average quarterback, and he knows how to support two wide receivers in an offense. And I mean, even Adam Thielen, like yes, from the the pure um, receptions and yardage perspective last year, he didn't really produce, but he was a monster in the touchdown department. So between the two of those guys, you had two top ten wide receivers on your team. It was it was pretty sick. But the thing about Justin Jefferson is that he had an amazing year at LSU last year, um, but then Jamar Chase had an even better year. So you're wondering, okay, is, is Justin Jefferson really all that? And then when he went out and ran a four, four, three at the combine last year, people were tweeting all over the place. And he, he obviously like he skyrocketed up the board, but he's got a cool story because like, he's kind of like a local boy. He lived around the Baton Rouge area and he wasn't really like highly touted. He had to work to get where he was on the team as a starter on the team. And they have good players there, obviously. Right. Um, Terrace Marshall's coming out this year. And he's a solid player. So to, to get a position on the field, um, still put up elite statistics, and then come to the NFL and just essentially melt faces, is, it was pretty special. Would you say, I, I know you're just you're just starting to dabble in the dynasty world. Would you put him as like a top five wide receiver in dynasty right now? Oh, man. He's still only 22 years old. You know, I don't know if I would, I'm typically the guy that likes to see more than one year of production. Okay. Um, but, like Al, that's the but, same way as Al. Yeah, but I have no problem putting him in the top ten, and okay. I would and I, and I would say put him in the top ten, and somewhere between five and ten. I mean, we could argue about that all day, but l- to be safe, let's just say seven between five yep. and ten. Um, and and so I'd put him at seven, eight, something like that, and say, you know what, if 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 you prove yourself like you did this last year. Um, I have no problem moving you into the into the top five because 
you know, there's this podcast out there with it's called I Am Athlete. It's with Brandon Marshall, Chad Ochocinco, Fred Taylor, um, okay. and, and they they have all these different guests. Well, one week, uh, I'd probably say about three weeks or a month ago, they had Justin Jefferson and they had DK Metcalf on the same mm. show. Mm. And, and two monsters, and, yeah, just two beasts that are very very early in their careers. Yep. And you're talking about two guys who absolutely came in. They came in a year apart, but they came in, and when they came in, they took the league over from their uh, from their position, specifically speaking. Um, DK Metcalf, we 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 talked about him a lot, right? And mm-hmm. there's a there's a lot of guys and a lot of teams that that label DK Metcalf as as a draft bust. He had busts written all over him just because. His limited route tree, right? And then, and then, do you remember that that tape in in camp where he just like when he tried to do his, his stop, he just like he couldn't, right? It was like a five yard, and it went end up going five more yards. Like he just could not do like a hard uh, pivot in his routes. Right. And and the, the Twitter community, they were all over it, saying that's it, he's a bust. And look who's laughing now, man. So I I was I'll say this. By no means am I anywhere close to like a college receiver or like an NFL receiver, but I'll tell you that I played receiver a little bit and I've gone to a few of these kind of like, they're not, I guess you could label them as combines, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a skill showcase type thing, right? Okay, they want to yeah. see you run a 40. They want to see you run routes. They want to see you do all these different things. And so one of the things they always have you do is run the three cone drill because right, yeah. the three cone drill um specifically measures your agility and your ability to start and stop. Yep. Um DK Metcalf had a mm. historically bad three cone. <laughs> I know it's hilarious. It was bad. Like a guy like Tyreek Hill, a guy like uh Terry McLaurin eat up a three cone drill because they're like, bam, we can start and stop, no problem. I'm going here, I'm going there, no questions. But what people don't realize about DK Metcalf is where Terry McLaurin or where Tyreek Hill can hit that three cone drill and absolutely explode out of those breaks in a very like almost like supernatural way. DK Metcalf has what I I would have to Google it to know, but what he has 50 pounds on those guys, 40 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever it is. And, and that's all muscle. We've all seen DK Metcalf yeah. without his T-shirt on. Well, D- is two, he was 228 at the combine. Okay. So let's say Terry McLaurin's running at 180, 190, something like that. That's still a yep. significant amount of weight to have to completely stop on a dime and go the other direction with and, and be explosive oh, sure. and be explosive with that in nature, right? So I think that's why a lot of teams labeled DK Metcalf a bust, whereas they wouldn't have labeled some other guys that way. And you, oh, you also. Sure. You also have to remember a couple of things. One of the things is DK Metcalf, um, different from a lot of these other guys, have kind of come from like, like you could say this about Justin Jefferson, right? Justin Jefferson came from LSU, proven yep. program. They LSU when he was this, when when he left LSU um, was one of, I mean that rivals that LSU season when they won the national championship, undefeated national champions. Rivals greatest college football season in NCAA history. That is such a well, classic, awesome season. I think it's Ole Miss, what where DK Metcalf went to college. It was him and AJ Brown that came out the same year. They were teammates. And then a guy that I love this year is Elijah Moore. 
He's from Ole Miss. He's coming out. Now, he's not the same size as these guys, but he's an absolute athletic freak, Elijah right. Morris. Yeah, um, they they produce the talent. The problem yeah. here is, is sometimes I feel like the program doesn't do the athletes that they have in their program the justice. And, and what that is, that could be anything from coaching to, you know, the, the strength training program to the play calling on the field, whatever that Tell is. Tell that to DK Metcalf. Yeah. Strength training. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Strength training. That, <laughs> AJ Brown dude, for that matter. That dude is a monster. AJ Brown is an absolute monster too. Those guys are like, when you see those guys, you're like, they're like the same person. AJ Brown. Oh, yeah. I feel like if AJ Brown was in a little bit better or a little bit different styled offense, he could be just as productive. Um, He'll get it, there. He'll get yeah. there. His problem is Derrick Henry's getting the rock 28, 30 times a game because he's running downhill. And nobody can stop him. It doesn't Don't matter. Don't forget, though, last year, A.J. Brown had an injury that he should not have played the second half of that season. He shouldn't have come back, but he's a freak. He came back, and he still dominated for the second half of that season. So I think that the market's a little bit soft for A.J. Brown right now. And, I mean, maybe not the Dynasty community, but the, the redraft community, you can get pretty – good draft uh, value on AJ Brown right now. And he's a player that you can definitely go and get. So let's, let's pivot it a little bit. We talked, we've talked about AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, two studs from two years ago. We've talked about Justin Jefferson, a stud last year. Who's a stud this year, Mike, man. Um, that's a tough one, but you, you know, a guy that I'm let, let's just start. I want to start with a team that, um, that you're very fond of, which is the New England Patriots, right? Oh, yeah. Every everyone knows of the New England Patriots. Tom Brady's gone. He went to another team, won a Super Bowl with that team, right? Was the Super Bowl MVP, all that good stuff. Cam Newton goes to New England. They don't play that well. Uh, I believe New England ends the season seven and nine. They don't make the playoffs. Um, and and it is what it is. But you know, I kind of I kind of look at things a little bit differently, right? Um. I think if New England's smart, if they're not trying to go out and get a a free agent quarterback, someone who's out there or that they might be able to trade with something like that, I think if New England's smart, they bring Cam Newton back. Because here's the thing, and, and this is crazy. Cam Newton didn't always play the greatest game, but one thing we know about New England this past year, right? Number one is they led the league in the most players on their roster that opted out due to the COVID um yep. Whatever the most COVID starters, rule is. Most starters yes, especially on defense. Yeah, definitely. So their defense was depleted a little bit. There's a lot of guys on defense that were out. Um, I'm still a uh, a believer in Cam Newton. I think that there's a little bit of kind of like we we gotta we gotta come back to reality a little bit with Cam Newton, right? And we talk about like, okay, he's moving to a new system. He's got Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels and, and Bill Belichick are gonna tweak that system to fit Cam Newton because t- let's face it, we you and I both know it. Tom Brady is not the athlete that Cam Newton is, right? So no. Cam Cam Newton has that ability to run and to pass. Um although Tom Brady's more accurate and things of that nature. Cam um, Newton is not just a inaccurate quarterback he's a horribly inaccurate quarterback that's the problem yeah and and i'm there with you but i would say man bring cam newton back one more year to see what you get um and i want to see some of these receivers that are that are in new england i still think and, and harry 
Yes, I still think that the, the ship has sailed for a lot of people. A lot of people are out on the kill Harry because of where he is and the system that he's in and the quarterback that he has. But Shane, correct me if I'm wrong, but he I watched him in college. I've watched him in the NFL. If he if he can put together in year three a healthy season with with Cam Newton, with this offense, I the athletic, just the raw athletic uh, tools are there. What do you think? You might be a I, little more like you might I'm be a, a little, little bit on the other side because that's your favorite team, and I'm the same way. I get it, but like, tell me your feelings on Nikhil Harry. Okay, first of all, I think Jacoby Myers is the best wide receiver on that team right now. I don't think it's Nikhil Harry, and that pains me to say. Like, I love that Jacoby Myers stepped up, but he's not a number one wide receiver. Um, Sony Michelle was a bust for a first round pick. Nikhil Harry has been a bust for a first round pick. And look, if, if I was going to make any excuse, his first year, he was pretty much injured the entire year. And we know that Tom Brady, he relies so much on trust with his wide receivers. And Harry just didn't quite get into that circle of trust. Fine. Okay. That's just, that's his rookie season. We're going to write it off, bring in his sophomore season. And, he still had an extremely disappointing season. Now you could, then you could argue, well, you had Cam Newton and Cam Newton's not the best quarterback. They had what, like six or seven total passing touchdowns the entire season. Right. Like that's horrendous. Right. So that's not really going to um, help a, a receiver who might need a little bit of help and, and especially help gaining confidence. It's not going to help them with their, with their development. So maybe, maybe the third year breakout's a thing, but I'm not gonna lie, Mike. I I am I'm worried, and I'm worried about the Patriots in general because I'm confident from a defensive perspective that they can get things right. Tom Brady covered up a lot of warts when he was playing the quarterback for the Patriots. I mean, like Julian Edelman, he's freaking as old as I am, and I'm old, and <laughs> I love Edelman, but he can't stay healthy, and maybe he'll come back for another year, but I think he's gonna be more of like a presence in the locker room. So then, you, who do, who do we have on on offense? I mean, I like what uh, what Damian Harris was doing, but he still was inconsistent. So I don't know. All I have to say is, I think that the Patriots need to go elsewhere. Um, they're they've got the fifteenth pick right now, and a lot of teams were were mocking um, Mac Jones to them for the, the Alabama quarterback, and I don't think that Mac Jones is going to fall that far. I'll be honest with you. I think that we, we, we do all this talk and, and we, they talk about the fact that Mac Jones does not have an athletic body. He kind of looks like Tom Brady, to be honest with you, when Tom Brady came into college, right? He's got like a little bit of a flab, flabby tummy. He's not really ripped. Yeah. He's not really <laughs> athletic looking, but the dude is accurate. He clearly is a champion, right? Like he knows how to win games. And I think that we, we can't take that away, right? Like the ability to go out there and exceed at the highest level how is he any different than two at this point? Like really, you know? Right. So I, I think that Mac Jones goes in the top 10. I hope the Patriots trade up to try to get him or one of those other top guys, whether it's Trey Lance. Um, obviously we know that um, certain people are not going to be available. Right. Obviously um, I, I, Justin Fields would be sick, but Justin Fields, I, I would be shocked if the Jets don't take him. Trevor Lawrence, we know is going to go one one uh, My worry is that they sign Cam Newton because they want like a bridge quarterback. Maybe they don't want to start the quarterback in year one. They don't get a quarterback in round one, and then they go and draft like a Kyle Trask or something like that in like round two or three. I mean, that would just be nasty. That would be disgusting. And, and as far as I'm concerned, it would be a waste of a pick. Yeah, so um, let's, 
let's I want to I want to shift for a second. I want to talk sure. about um I want to talk about kind of like some guys that um that that are really interesting as far as you know, we we've obviously seen the shakeup, right? From the Matt Stafford, Jared Goff trade. We you know, Matt Stafford mm-hmm. obviously comes to the Los Angeles Rams. Jared Goff goes to the Detroit Lions. Yep. Uh, is Jared Goff done now that he's in Detroit? I mean, he's not done, right? I mean, I think for sure he's going to be there this year because of his contract. I think they might have an out next year or even like the dead cap is not as bad as it could be. But, I mean, Jared Goff, he's never been a, a the type of quarterback that makes players around him better, right? If he's set up in the right system, if he has good coaching, if he's got good wide receivers around him, he is a... I think I'd say he's an average level quarterback, but you know, I don't want to throw the game manager name around, but he's, he's kind of like a game manager. Right. And the thing about Detroit right now is they're in full on rebuild. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Kenny Galladay. Um, he's a free agent this year, in a UFA. So maybe, and we'll find out shortly if they're going to franchise take him. Um, I've heard speculation that they might franchise take him and then take to the trade, you know, so they, they at least get something for the player. But, um, I don't know, man. I mean, Marvin Jones, he's a free agent as well. I don't think he's coming back. Quintess Cephas, he's pretty solid. I liked him, you know, but he's still, he's a sophomore and Detroit's got a long way to go. So he went from having like all reliable with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, a really solid run game to, I mean, they got DeAndre Swift there, but what else do they have there? I don't, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Let me, let me put it this way. If I had Jared Goff in my dynasty league, I would not be very excited. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so here on the Flex Network, we 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 have long touted mm. one player since he's been in the league, and we've swore up and down by him. And this last year, he was on the team that won the Super Bowl, and he was there, and he you know put up some numbers, but he didn't put up his numbers from the year before. So obviously mm. we're, t- we're talking about a guy by the name of Chris Godwin. Yes. Another free agent and a, a free agent here who, I mean, unless, unless you have the best receiving core in football, you should be at least inquiring about him seeing like, Hey, what, well, what type of money is he talking about? Stuff like that. Because Shane, does, does he not have the ability to be just this fantasy football stat monster? Well, he was two years ago. Wasn't he the wide receiver one two years ago? I mean, he's shown the talent. He's got the athletic profile. But, you know, for whatever reason or another, uh, Tom Brady had a better rapport with Mike Evans, which is fine, right? Like Chris Godwin didn't have a bad year, but he had a disappointing year, especially where we were drafting him last year, especially when you compare it to the previous year. The the thing is, is that Tampa Bay, they've said, well, Chris Godwin has come on and said he wants to remain with Tampa. And Tampa could, in theory, use a franchise tag on Chris Godwin. The question then becomes, are they going to be able to get a long-term deal done? Um, Is it just going to be a one-year situation? I I mean, maybe they get the bandit back together for one more year. Who knows, right? I can tell you from a fantasy perspective, I want him to get the F out. Not just for Chris Godwin, but I think that Tyler Johnson, as long as Chris Godwin is on that team, Tyler Johnson is never truly going to be able to break out. And we all saw some of those disgusting catches that he had in in the playoff games. Just go check out some of his highlights from when when he was uh, in college as well. Like he is a monster. He 
his ability to adjust his body midair to make some of these acrobatic catches, it's, it's astounding, right? But I don't think he's going to be able to break out as a wide receiver three on a team. I mean, how many, like, I don't think there's very few or very many wide receiver threes on a team that have ever really been fantasy relevant. So I think it would be better from a fantasy perspective. So of course, selfishly, if Chris Godwin left gives, um, Tyler Johnson a chance. It gives Chris Godwin a chance to be the elf on a team. And look, Chris Godwin said he wants to get paid. So maybe he won't stay. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. You know, Chris Godwin single-handedly took me to my fantasy football championship two years ago uh, yep. in, a, in a league at work. So, um, you know, when, when we talk about him two years ago, he was an absolute beast. There would be times sure. when... I, when I was in church, I would get out of church and it's it's 12 o'clock and it's not even halftime. And Chris Godwin already has 15 points. I'm like, dude, this is I'm living my best life right oh, now. Man. You know, and yeah. So, so he was killing it. And so what what do you think changed in Tampa? Is it because of the arrival of Tom Brady and Gronk and Antonio Brown or? Um, it was I mean, a culture. I, I mean, it wasn't Antonio Brown. It wasn't Gronk. I mean, Gronk's not why they won the Super Bowl. Right. To be honest with you, like from a pure gamesmanship standpoint, I mean, Tom Brady didn't have the best playoffs. The thing about Tampa is they had what a top five defense coming into last year, so right. they were already pretty set. The issue was that Jameis Winston, he was a turnover machine. He was and 40, forty and forty. It was crazy. I mean, yeah. you take it, you take a step back. Now that we have, you know, a little bit of hindsight. We've got the year with Tom Brady in the offense. And as, as we saw, um, the Bruce Arians offense was one that wanted to push the ball down the field, push the ball down the field. And so we saw more, more turnovers from Tom Brady than we typically will see in a given season as well. So, I mean, maybe there's a little bit there with Jameis Winston. Apparently he got laser eye surgery as well. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe he yeah. couldn't see down the field. I don't know. But, um, Look, Tom Brady brings a certain level of just, it's just, I don't want to say magic because that's kind of cheesy, but he brings a different aura to the locker room, right? I mean, his work ethic, he leads by example. He's a leader of men. Um, and he's shown that what he does will win football games. And as much as there's always, there could be a BS in the locker room and guys might not really appreciate it, but Tom Brady can walk into a room and it's either, put up or shut up, right? They're going to step in line or they're not going to be on the team. So I, I think of that and I think of Tom Brady's leadership and then I kind of contrast it to a guy like Matt Patricia, who of course, obviously the coach, right? He was a defensive coordinator for the Patriots. He went from the Patriots to the D Detroit Lions and he tried to instill the, sort of, the same sort of culture and it just didn't work, right? It just didn't fly in that. And, it, and that's because, I mean, Tom Brady's a different animal and I, I get comparing a coach to a player is a little bit different because players are the ones who actually play the game, but leading by example, it, it, it goes a long way. And then you add the fact that they got Gronk who look Gronk was not the Gronk of old, but he was an excellent blocker and shit. He, he showed up in the Super Bowl. They got Antonio Brown as your wide receiver three. Right. <laughs> like, and then they already had a top five defense. So, right. I mean, that's what it took to get, to get past that. I don't think like Kansas City didn't score a touchdown, right? They didn't score no. a single touchdown. If you told me going into the Super Bowl that Kansas City was not going to score a single freaking touchdown, I would have been shocked. I don't care how banged up their offensive line is. Pat Mahomes is going to score some freaking touchdowns. You know, not just that, but 
when you talk about the Super Bowl, right? And you're like, man, there's there's that one highlight that keeps being shown of like Pat Mahomes is completely like, oh, like side, the, the sideways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like sideways. Horizontal. Yeah. horizontal. Yeah. So he's sideways and he's throwing the football. And first of all, thirty out of thirty two quarterbacks can't make that throw. Oh, for sure. Um, second Who's going to be as accurate as Pat Mahomes was in that exact moment? He hit his player, his it receiver, was, in the face mask. Darryl, it was Daryl Williams, wasn't it? He yes. Daryl Williams in the freaking face so, mask. But, but that was the story of the game. Oh, yeah. Pat, Drops. Uncharacteristic. Patrick, yeah. Patrick Mahomes did plenty to keep the, the Chiefs in the game. There were, I can count, probably three or four times where a football hit a player in the face mask and they didn't catch it in that but game. It, yeah, it was. It was... <laughs> Byron Pringle was one of the best freaking players on the team. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, just so, so crazy. Um, okay, so we're going to close it out here in a minute, but real quick, let's talk about a few rookies that that, that you're kind of uh, hyped about coming in this year. Rookies are always kind of a gamble out, you know, when we kind of get out of the top 10 as we're approaching these rookie drafts and our dynasty leagues and things of that nature. Um, who are... Give me a couple of guys that you're really excited about um, as we enter this rookie draft season. Do you want me to talk about some of like the high end guys, like the Jamar Chases, Devonta Smiths, or do you want me to get a little bit more? Just, just you can. It's it's up to you, guys that that Shane is excited about. Okay, so let's just start with the top. Jamar Chase, guys, he's the best receiver in this class. He's an absolute monster. Don't overthink it. He's the best wide receiver in this class. Devonta Smith. He is not a DK Metcalf in terms of just, you know, height and weight, but the kid put up production. He produced at the highest level. I get it. The people are scared because he only did it in his senior season, but what he did was special. So look, people also shit on Michael Thomas because all apparently all they could do was a bubble screen. Yeah. But it's all about execution and Devonta Smith could execute. So don't be scared to take Devonta Smith. I, I really hope that he weighs in at, at at least 180. Um, he, he didn't weigh in at the senior bowl, which is a little bit worrisome, but if he can come in at 180, I am, I'm excited. He's going to be a top 10 pick, I think in the NFL draft. So be comfortable with him. One of the, fra- my, one of my favorite players is Rondell Moore. Um, he's just an absolute athletic freak. Um, go on Twitter or just go online and just Google um, Rondell Moore, 40, 42 inch um, vertical jump. And holy shit, man, the, the kid can fly. So Rondell Moore, athletic freak, um, yak machine, um, PPR machine. Rondell Moore is one of my just favorite players in general, but that's kind of my type, right? Like I like, give me, give me Rondell Moore. Give me Elijah Moore. Hell, give me the DJ Moores, right? Right. <laughs> so give me all the Moores, baby. Um, so those are just some of my, what some of my favorite players, but look, there's so much we can peel back with all of these guys mike i think we got to get back and we got to do another one of these and do strictly yeah, rookies definitely um, go back to the onion. i i just want to say one thing about smith real quick one of the reasons that i like smith is because like you know i played football so like i a lot of times 
when one team is on one sideline and another team's on the other sideline and you're looking across and you're seeing the other team, you're looking yep. at that guy, you see a guy who you might match up against and you're, and you're like, man, that guy doesn't look like he's got that much muscle <laughs> or he's got, he's probably not even that fast and stuff like that. I guarantee there are teams in college football, specifically defensive backs, safeties, linebackers, whatever that look across, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the coin toss or you're just on opposite sides of the field of them and you see, Smith, and you're like, look at that skinny guy. There's no way that that guy's going to torch us for 185 and two touchdowns like he did Tennessee last week or something, you know? And so, you know, looks can be very deceiving because the person that I think of immediately is I think of, uh, I think of a guy like Randy Moss. Randy Moss didn't work out. Randy Moss showed up to the game, was ready to go. And Randy he was a freak, a freak, right? And so, like, are are we priming ourselves for this moment when Devontae Smith comes to the to the NFL and is that same type of guy where he's like, dude, I don't I don't care how many times you want me to bench 225 of the combine, it's not happening, it doesn't matter. And I'm just gonna go out here and I'm gonna I'm gonna ball out, I'm gonna come to the game, I'm gonna be ready, things like that. And so I'm really excited for a guy like Devontae Smith and I hope he, that he goes to a team that can really use his skill set. I think so. I look, hey, I think he played what half, what one half of the game in the, in the national championship. He had twelve receptions, two hundred fifteen yards, and three touchdowns. Guys, that's mega production. Give the kid credit. Right. So, all right, Michael, I'm I I'm excited. Let's let let's get on in the next couple of weeks. We'll talk a little bit more about these rookies. Um, especially in preparation for the 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 uh, the NFL draft. Yeah, that that works. Um, so that will be it for us tonight here on the Flex War- Network. I am Flex Mike at Flex Mike Eleven on Twitter. He is Flex Shane at the Flex Network One on Twitter. You can find us on all your podcasting platforms. We're all over the place. So give us a a, a like, a follow, subscribe on any platform you use: YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. We're all over the place. So, um, Shane, until next time, yes, sir. We will catch you guys later, ladies and gentlemen. We are the Flex.